The person you look at in the mirror deserves the best of you every day. And so even if you felt like you have never been kind to yourself or you're not where you're supposed to be, there's always a starting point that you deserve to give yourself today. Welcome to the Dr. Espen podcast, where we explore the latest in quantum science, personal development, consciousness, and spirituality, health, as well as business and money mastery. Join me as I interview experts from all over the world, sharing the most incredible stories of transformation. This is where we provide you with the exact tools and coaching activities you need to expand your consciousness in each of the eight areas of your life. For more info on our events, programs, coaching, etc., go to drspen.com for the full quantum experience. Greetings and welcome to the Dr. Espen podcast. I'm Espen. Today I'm joined by Teo Roxon. Today's going to be an awesome conversation about culture, community, communication, consciousness. I mean, since we're going with all the C's here, but this is going to be really, really exciting. <laughs> so let me do this quick intro. This man is beautiful. His smile, his presence, his authenticity is real. Tayo is a polymath in progress, which means that he's a mastermind learning about all different kinds of areas of life, topics, communication. He's a writer, speaker, consultant, poet, professor. Right. All right. I love this. <laughs> Talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and how to be professional in our lives. So Tayo grew up as the son of a diplomat understanding the nuances of multicultural diversity while living across four continents. And I think this has provided him with a lot of experience in between cultures. And I think this is really important because today when the world has come together virtually, like what we're doing right now, everything is connected as we know through quantum science. I think understanding how to connect in these ways, it's going to be very, very useful. And like, you know, I'll just do a quick quote before I hand over to you, Tara, but it goes like this. <laughs> George Bernard Shaw once said, the biggest problem with communication is the perception that it has taken place effectively. And I paraphrase, but I think this is so good. So listen, lean in, guys, because this is going to be a, a conversation about how we can connect better across cultures, the crucial role the mind plays in having impact in the world in general and how it appeals to our hearts and minds and 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 how we can i guess integrate and maneuver this seemingly divided world so i'm really excited for for this conversation tayo please tell me how are you doing today my man I mean, I'm really pumped after that intro, and I've got to say, I'm really um, honored to be on your show, Dr. Aspen, just because, you know, as much as you were saying about me, it's the same sort of thing for you. There's a lot of inside out versus outside in work, and the, the quote you're using, I use it all the time, and I actually used it in my book. It's, it, you know, it's the, you know, it's the fact that the illusion of communication has taken place, and when George Bernard Shaw said that, I think it's a great reminder for a lot of us as we're thinking about the divisions in today's world, where people think they're hearing one thing, but they aren't acting like what the other person thinks is, you know, communicating across. So it's an interesting dilemma we're at right now. I totally agree. And, you know, it's also been said that we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. So I'd really love your spin on this because I know you've been studying this for a long time. So no. I want to start with my first question. How can individuals, no matter where they are in the world, develop no. effective cross-cultural communication skills in order to truly connect 
truly connect with people of different backgrounds, beliefs, whatever it might be? Where, where, where does one start to be an effective conscious communicator? So here's where the poet side of me will come up here. So it's it's three ways. And I break it down as educate, don't perpetuate, instead communicate, right? And so when you think about education, I break it down into two, you know, two sides, right? It's the education of self versus education of environment. As you're educating yourself on who you are, the three things you want to pay attention to will be your bias, your triggers, as well as your values. Now, everyone in the world has bias, right? That's how we protect us. That's how we see the world. And depending on what the bias is, it can be dehumanizing, it can be a separatist, or it can help you grow, or it can elevate your sense of awareness. But not enough of us acknowledge the bias enough to the point where we understand what our decisions that, that we make are paired with those biases. So if you feel like you don't like a certain group from a certain country or a certain region, and you know that maybe, you know, subconsciously, but not consciously, you might just find yourself going through your 20s, 30s, just going, da, 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 but you're not understanding how the environment around you is also adopting that behavior. And then you grow up to be some leader or manager, director, and people are adopting that behavior. Now let's add another layer to this. You're a nice person in theory. So people are like, oh, there's no way <laughs> this nice person could be such a you know arrogant person is something like that. And then something happens where your worst side comes out and you might say a word or something that you haven't regularly moderated and it's caught on camera. And all of a sudden the cancel machine comes and says, I, whoa, look at this guy. And then you then do the, the first thing that you should have done before you introspect. Where did that come from? How did I think that way? But I'm not like that. Ask my friends and ask, and everyone is validating all those things. And it's not saying that all those pieces of information aren't true. It's that you didn't do enough internal regulation to understand how your worst self could come out if you're not regularly understanding your biases. So understanding your biases, why you have them, where they come from. And you can do a lot of these things by reflecting on your earliest memories, thinking about your preferences, thinking about why you like your preferences, thinking about your likes and dislikes. Anything you find that irritates you, you check and you you jot. Anything you find that you love, you check and you jot, right? So there's that. But even deeper than that is the triggers. As you're understanding your biases, you need to understand your triggers. Now, the key to change behavior, in my opinion, is understanding your triggers. And so if you notice your body heats up or your heart race goes up when someone says something or when something on TV shows up or, you know, I'm a Man United fan. Maybe if I see a Liverpool <laughs> for my football fans, a team, like, oh, what's going You know, anything, just being able to understand what's making you angry, happy, sad, and understanding how your body is reacting to it and then how your mind is reacting to it. You're then able to start figuring out those shortcuts, right? Those shortcuts that become automatic. You're making that subconscious you know, conscious, you're making the unconscious conscious. And so mm -hmm. knowing your triggers, and this could happen with your partners as well, you know, loved ones, anyone, whether you're a parent or a romantic partner or just a friend, someone might say something that they don't mean, but you being aware of it can say, hey, look, maybe this isn't what you meant, but when I heard this, this is how I reacted. That's an instant correction. And then your values. Mm -hmm. The values are the, the, the third part here where I think a lot of people know how they want to be seen in, in a good world, in, in the world rather, they want to be seen as good people that are adding value. 
However, if you ask them what their five core values are, they probably won't be able to tell you. Right? Uh, even anyone, yeah, anyone listen right raise. now. Stop. What are your five core values? <laughs> right. And so, you know, for me, I can say curiosity, creativity, courage, compassion, and joy, like four C's and, and, and J. But it's not just knowing what your values are. It's then committing to living out your values each day. So I call yes. this filling your value cup. So how can you, for me, how can I find joy, right? So that I'm finding some sort of internal sense and pride of who I am and then being happy with that person. How can I be compassionate, right? How can I, you know, be curious? How can I be practice courage? All those things. It's going to be different for each of you. And it's not that hard to find. I know some people are going to be like, great, this guy's giving me homework. <laughs> but just look at what you like, right? I already had you go through the exercise of what you like and why you like it and then what you don't like and why you don't like it. But the deeper thing would be then, what about this movie do I like? What about this main character do I like? Why do I like Superman, for example? I've, someone has great power and still chooses to do well. And despite that, he isn't corrupted by all those emotions. I think that's really admirable. And he has he's an alien who's trying to be more human than more humans are, connecting to your humanity, right? All these little things play a role. Once you start doing that, you then go to the education of environment. And this is why, you know, this is just, you know, the typical things you hear, how you, you learn in a language, you're in burnt, um, embedding yourself in a community, you're figuring out different communication styles, you're looking at nuances, but you cannot do that external part first if you don't humble yourself enough to understand who you are. And that's <laughs> how you can connect effectively across cultures because the other person needs to be able to do the same. And so it's it's a cycle, right? It, it's, a, it's an everyday exercise, but it's one that we have to be intentional and aware about. And aware of brothers. Spot yeah. on. So let's go. Biases. Reflect, mm -hmm. become aware of, feel, and observe. Mm -hmm. Triggers. Triggers. What brings it up? What makes you go, ah, yes, no, feel, emotion, whatever, and the values. I think this is really, really key. You know, Henry David Thoreau, you know, as a poet once said, the unexamined life is not worth living. And I believe what he meant by that was that if we don't really study who we are and know who we are, which I'd love to get to in the next question, then we don't have a life. We don't really live our true life. And so mm -hmm. then if we can reflect upon how to examine, as in the unexamined life is not worth living, how to examine our lives, it has to start with exactly that. It, it has mm -hmm. to include the values. As I say, if I meet someone and I ask them, well, you know, what are your top five values? If they cannot tell me, then I know yeah. that they're suffering or I know at least that they're unconscious because they don't right. know what their values are and or the amount of time and energy that they're spending in alignment with these values. And so if you live outside of your values, suffering will set in. If you live in yeah. alignment with your values, you will be integral and you will be able to express yourself with that level of joy that you speak of. I think this is so, so good. Okay, so let's. So when you mentioned who we are, yeah, and we can go quantum on this, we can go individual on this, we can keep it basic. Where do you want to go? Like, I want to go all, all, everywhere. Quantum, take me, take me, take me to space. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's what's your understanding? I mean, you've studied this for a long time. You've been around people. You've been in a lot of cultures. From your perspective and, and and experience, what would you say that that yeah, you know, it's going to be individual for whatever person the person believes. But from your perspective, who and what are we, and and what are we here to do? What are we doing? You know, I this is probably from a philosophic point of view. I firmly believe that at our best. We're each here to add value and make this place a better place than it was when we were, right? That's why I think even 
if you look at all the inventions, the industrial revolution, the you know, to now AI, right? So internet was in between and all these things. They're they're both good and bad <laughs> things to all these to all these inventions, but it was in service of trying to make something better. Now, obviously, you have the other sides of humanity, greed, you know, you know, pride and all those things that come into play. But at our best, I think who we are intrinsically is figuring out a way to multiply the resources that we have and making sure that that keeps us healthier, makes us stay, makes us live longer and, and helps us to be able to promote peace. And the complications for me <laughs> endures when we don't spend enough time doing that, right? Not enough of us will spend enough time reflecting, meditating, observing, mm-hmm. humbling ourselves to saying we're wrong, adjusting to different lifestyles, right? There's If anyone can tell me why we have school days or Monday to Friday be weekdays and Saturday to Sunday be, you know, weekends or certain things that we haven't adjusted. They came from some, you know, thing that was invented, whether it was the industrial revolution, we adjusted to that. We just never adjusted as the time was going. Now, I don't have a problem with the weekday and weekend schedule, but I'm reminding people that those things were set based on whatever time period that was existing at that moment. Right. And so, that's what happens with the mindsets. And so at our best, it's it's understanding and committing to doing those things. You know, I've taken a lot of your courses. I would encourage your audience to, you know, take your courses or read the books that really get you to be naked with yourself, you know? And one of the reasons I'm saying this is I don't expect you to like what you see. <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. I, when I, when I'm in my therapy sessions, I'm realizing, man, I, I'm really prideful in this moment. I, I have, I let my ego get in the way. But you have to be able to name those things. And then yeah. it, as, as you start doing that, you become a better person to yourself, which then translates to who you are at a pers- as, as a person in, on an interpersonal level. And then you can think about boundaries. Then you can think about goals. And then you can think about professional obligations. And then you can think about how your curiosities can take you to something that you can invent to make someone better or an environment better. But it's I, I think we, we really are here to make the world better. But I think a lot of us have forgotten that. I love how you started with the inside job. What are some of the major challenges that you're seeing across the, all the people that you've worked with and people in general? You know, the world is changing rapidly. We've yeah. seen a lot of things that have been, you know, played yeah. out in the last years. And a lot of people looking at this going, that's just interesting. Yeah. You know, what role do I play? What, what do you think some of the challenges that people are experiencing now? And when, once we've developed or acknowledged yeah. those challenges in our lives, how do we overcome them? What are your thoughts? So I grew up, I spent the first decade of my life in and out of three military regimes, right? And two of them were dictatorships. Before we transitioned to civilian rule, the leaders, the dictators were very skilled at creating a divide and conquer mindset. This is also the same thing, you know, that happened with colonization. Yeah, it's happened with colonization. (laughs) Exactly, colonization. You can create an enemy based on what you've convinced people believe, right? So I think a lot of what we've done is that we've created high value to and given a lot of you know value to things that are taking away our attention from self. You know, I love social media. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm using it all the time. I'm on my phone all the time. But I, if I'm being honest, I have to admit that I'm addicted to my phone. <laughs> and I'm, I'm addicted to scroll. Yeah, I and mean, this is just me being honest here. Yeah, but same. if I yeah, and if I took away 
and if I compare this to when I was 10, you know, when we before we had the iPhone, I remember my mom and my my, my pops would always say, you got to spend time reading these books and all these things. And I look at my attention span and I'm like, I used to be able to sit down in a car ride two hours, three hours without having, you know, I wouldn't be worried. That I didn't have anything in my phone and, and you know, my ear. I'll just know that I'm taking in the environment. I'm reading my book. But now I'm like, if it's not a 3x speed or 2.5x speed and I'm not doing something in the gym, I feel like I'm losing momentum. So it's first of all, where is our attention going? And I think everybody needs to measure the percentage of attention that works for them. I haven't quite figured out the math yet, but if you can get it closer to you know 50% where you are at least giving yourself some attention, I think you'd be doing better than most people, right? So measuring your attention span. A lot of us in today's world have created this world where our attention goes away to multiple things that don't feed us. And so yeah. then you have your body reacting to all the the conflict, your body reacting to all the, the things that you naturally compare yourself to. Oh, that, I went to high school with that person. That person is married already. My clock is ticking. Oh, this person seems so knowledgeable about this information. And now they've gotten this audience, but you're not focusing on maybe what the what work they did. And you're like, well, I thought I was better and smarter than this person. And then why is this person there? Or this person looks so great in the gym. My body is horrible. I need to go there. You're just thinking. Comparison is a thief of joy. Oh. And so- when you take away, when you don't measure your attention span, you find yourself comparing yourself and then you find yourself taking in information without filtering what's going on inside your head. And so even someone like me, whose job is to figure out how to fix toxic situations, which means I'm constantly embedded with the news cycle, I've had to find ways to regulate and remove guilt for myself because I'm one of those people that feels a lot, right? I'm very empathetic. And so when I feel like I'm unable to communicate a conflict properly, instead of finding grace for myself, because I, in moments I haven't regulated myself, I'm, I'm thinking, ah, how did I not know this? Why couldn't I communicate this effectively? And then, you know, I'll sit in therapy, my therapist be like, but how is this your burden? <laughs> like you can still be an effective teacher, but what makes you think you don't deserve the time and patience with yourself to educate yourself on it and then communicate when you're ready and more informed? Why are you rushing to do something? All right. And so regulating those emotions around attention, understanding your relationship with comparison. And then if you've done that value work, you're going to find that you are going to have a different relationship with time and patience with yourself than others. Now, other people are not doing the same thing we're doing. So because they meet you at whatever level they're at, they're coming across, they're coming to you without the patience, without the grace. And they're saying, what's that you said? I can't believe that. Or, whoa, you didn't educate yourself on this. You should have known this. How dare you? You know what? Blah, 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 blah. You're not my friend. We can't be friends. Go away. Or <laughs> And so it's all these competing narratives, which is why leadership is so important, right? You know, or parenting is so important. If you are a leader or someone that has a circle of influence and you notice a certain workplace culture, if you as a leader, director, manager cannot proactively say what's going on and then say, this is where we need to go without a vision or direction, that company is doomed to fail. If you as yeah. a parent lets a lot of things just fly without telling, you know, your kids and setting boundaries and saying, Hey, I love you. I want you to practice this. This is what I'm noticing. And I know that this is going to lead you down a, a certain path. You Then you're going to create another generation of all those things. And that's what's happening. Media is doing the same thing, right? Media is where a lot of us get our information. A lot of media people, ironically, know that what 
we, what I just said is the best way to attract attention. I was a marketing student, right? I was a ma- you need to find a way to make people feel like they lack something. So feed on that. <laughs> you need to find you need to find a way for people to feel like they're making and gaining on the system. So feed on that. We gave, we're going to give you Black Friday. We're going to give you discounts. We're going to compare you to this. We know comparison is a thief of joy, but what if we compared to our advantage and made you a customer at the expense of that? And so you also have to be aware that that's going on. <laughs> and so yeah. that's why we are where we are today. This is powerful. I think, I mean, firstly, I'm seeing this. There's a lot of manipulation in the media. Yes. Think, come on, freedom of speech has disappeared. You know, like there is one narrative or at least a set of narratives that's, you know, violently controlled. If we say anything against that, we're not, you know, then we're, we're you know, then we're, the fact checkers will tell us that we're wrong and the fact checkers are, checkers are always right. And so we know that we live in a manipulated world in many ways, but I loved what you shared here about when we reflect on that for us, as in what's true for us, where are we judging ourselves? Where are we comparing ourselves mm-hmm. i do this all the time i use social media for the reach and inspiring people and whatever but i'll look at social and i'll go oh wow oh he's got six million followers now oh no i should have six million followers what what am i doing what am i doing this yes, is so destructive exactly. this is dangerous and my favorite piece bro that you shared about this is not that it's happening and that it's destructive, but it's to be aware that you're doing it. Yes. And then maybe even ask the question, what, what does my, my behavior, my mind, my, my programming need to be to make this, to turn this into my advantage? Cause I'm not going to let go of social media in my instance. Anyway, I'm an influencer. No, I'm, not, no, I'm not either, but it's, it's awareness. It helps. I think yeah. it's crucial. <laughs> Awareness plus action equals change. That's what I always say, right? And so everyone knew, you know, when the when colonization happened, they knew that if they're going to go to a country without, you know, and make countries out of places that shouldn't have been countries, let's create enemy and fight amongst themselves and we will just come in and take, right? And that sort of behavior happens all the time. And so if you're aware of the system within yourself and the system outside, you're then able to, first of all, oh, please, I hope you hear this. Have grace for yourself, first of all. Don't go to the thing that I normally go to. I'm, I'm horrible. You know, I think, ah, okay, here's where I can unlearn something that I've always believed to be true, and here's mm-hmm. where I can check myself. But then, to what, to your point, how can you use it to your advantage? It does, there's no... There's no part of what I said that you can't use this to turn people into amazing, more informed awareness machines as well. You can use the same system to educate people to do the same. And then you build what? Trust, right? <laughs> Which is uh, what other people <laughs> other people have, have done because you then become this person that is you know, a, a storyteller, but sharing personal stories. And one of the best ways to humanize people is to share stories. We don't share enough stories that are are connecting threads in today's world. In fact, we use stories to dehumanize other people based on those biases and, and stereotypes. I heard a story about people that look like you, so all of you are this. However, the story that I'm encouraging people to actually start sharing is, hey, this is what's happened to me in the present. I'm struggling with this, here's what worked. I got better because of this. You broke your two legs. 
You know, your story was what connected. And then you fixed yourself inside out because you shared the story. Someone yeah. saw and resonated with the resilience and the ability for you to be aware of what wasn't working for you. And then you've created an audience. Now, if you did what was automatic and said, you know, I need to start from a successful point of view and said, I don't know, my I snapped my fingers and my legs broke. You might get like instant attention. Like, I want to see if this is a magician. But pretty soon they'll see through that. He didn't snap his leg. Why didn't he tell us that in the first place? Oh, he's a fraud. I'm not talking to this person again. That's <laughs> Those are two different sides of people using stories to humanize and dehumanize. And so it's very important to take the right thing from here. So, yeah. This this is good. Okay, so let's let's go there because this was one of my next up-and-coming up questions. I love this. You know, I always say that wisdom has been passed down the ages using stories. And for me yes. as, as a presenter, I do speaker training. I help people get really good at sharing their message, sharing their story on stage and having mm -hmm. an impact. And one thing I've realized, and I'll, and I'll say this so everyone can take a note if it's relevant for you, feel free to write it down. It goes like this. People think they come for the content. Mm -hmm. They don't come for the content. They come for the stories. If it yes. was about the content, you wouldn't have needed any coaches or transformation because you just look it up on Google. You've got it there on YouTube, whatever. So they don't come. We don't come for the content. We come for the stories. Now, what I love to do is to infuse epic, life-changing content into the stories. But we know, yeah, even with the hero's journey template, you know, and understanding that this is how wisdom, knowledge, and transformation has been passed down for thousands of years using stories and every single person watching yes. and listening, please remember your story matters. There is it someone does. out there that have gone through something similar and your story could not only heal you to go from your pit to being on purpose that your mess becomes part of your message, but it also has the power to inspire others. So when, so I want to ask you, Tyra, in what ways can individuals tap into the power of storytelling in their own unique way? I mean, so one of the best ways to do it, we've already been talking about several things to, to do about yourself, right? And so you have to learn how to tell the best story about yourself. I I teach public speaking like you, I'm, I'm, you know, and students will come in with that feel, I'm not, I don't have anything to say, you know. I don't know. My voice is boring. <laughs> I don't get nothing happens. And I'm always saying, well, tell me what you've just said about yourself there. And I'm like, okay, I didn't say anything. No, no. You just said you're not capable of telling anything interesting and your life is entirely boring. And then I'll say, and they'll be like, oh yeah, I guess so. So I'll sit them. Hey, so what did you do today? What did you do? Where did you come from? And then I'll ask another student that question. And I'll say, how is it possible that you two students have different entire lived experience? Tell me where you heard that story before today. They're like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Individuals need to remember that they're authentic. <laughs> First of all, even though everybody, everybody always says, you know, that person is more charismatic, that person is this. Being a, a great storyteller is not necessarily about trying to be like whoever you think the best story is. It's about taking the best things you can learn from them. Like, you know, I love the fact that Trevor Noah uses, you know, stories about his background, but I'm not going to sound like him. I love, I love the fact that, you know, Hassan Minaj might bring a humor here and bring all these things, but I love that. So what can you take from other people that you like and then use yourself? So for me, before I got into a car accident and it took my life away, would you believe that I never thought that being 
someone that lived in five countries and four continents was an interesting aspect. I didn't think it was interesting because I also went to school with other diplomatic kids. And I thought, who wants to hear from me? <laughs> I didn't think that the fact that I, I you know, I, I was able to, you know, speak French or, you know, write or be a poet was was going to be interesting because I thought, well, my parents told me I need to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer or story or a failure. It was doctor, lawyer, engineer or failure. So oh. I thought, well, I'm not a doctor. I'm not. A, and I love my parents. But they're, always, they're always, you know, Niger, it's a Nigerian joke. Yeah, yeah. But I was, yeah, I wasn't a doctor. I wasn't a lawyer. I just got in. I was in this job I hated. These are all stories. And so I had to find and cultivate my own authenticity. So any listener, if you want to figure out what storytelling you need to do is do an audit of yourself, right? Become your autobiographer, figure out those pivotal moments in your life. Go back to your earliest memory. Hey, when my mom said this about me, it caused me to change my standard. When this person said this, when I made the winning touchdown, when I lost for my team, you know, it doesn't have to be positive or negative. What lessons did you learn about yourself from there? And then- you build on that. I learned grace. I, I learned that I thought of myself as a failure. I learned that I was never going to be a scientist. So I became this. That's the first step. And then you start to find universal themes, right? So in any of those stories I shared, there's the point of resilience. There's a point of failure. I didn't score the goal and then I quit the team. And then I went down this path and I was smoking and doing all these things. I lost myself as a result of seeing failure, you know, and seeing myself as a failure. Is there anyone here in the audience who has ever felt like a failure and decided not to do what they thought they were going to do? Maybe three people raised their hand and like, yes, well, let me tell you how I got out of that. They have a different failure story than you do, but your authentic level and your ability to extract the themes and build steps on that is going to make you a, a very engaging storyteller because you've then appealed to multiple senses to that person. And so not enough people are being introspective enough to look at their selves through an unfiltered lens and then pick out the themes and the paths that they've taken from that. So it, it's it's all those things that I, I feel like you can you can do that. And then you can do this, you know, like the hero's journey. You can create a protagonist, a hero. I was my own worst enemy. You know, then you become the antagonist. I found my dug out of my trenches. Then I became a hero. Like it's, it's all these little games you can play, but it's still your story. Mm. <laughs> oh. But I, I love that. Or if you're not even an intro, if you don't want to do from introspective level, it can be from the observational level. Like I do this a lot, right? I study human behavior across cultures, right? And so for me, oh gosh, I noticed that people, oh, you know, we live in a very transactional world, right? Even our dating now, swipe off with your head and this off your head and people are, are going down this path. People are not able to connect or sit down and all those things. I wonder what the problem is. That gets me down researching, right? Then I'm researching, I'm picking out themes. Oh, it's not just happening with dating, even our food choices, all these. We're not we're not actually being able to sit and engage with the senses. We're just using Uber Eats. We're using all these things. So on one end, the apps are great for efficiency, but then we're losing those moments that create community. How can we find the balance? I just, I say, I just, right away, this is not something I thought of before this, right? But I just came up with that <laughs> by thinking about things that I'm curious about and I observed and then that's another story, right? Every Almost everyone will be able to connect with buying or dating through an app or a sense of loss of community. And if you then position yourself as someone who can maybe have a personal story or share your observations, it's another element. So it's, it's, it's all around us. Whether you're not telling the story, you're telling the story about yourself. If you say you're a bad storyteller, you've told a story about yourself.
Ah, so I love yeah. that. I love that. Okay, yeah. so let's break this down for everyone listening or watching. Your story matters. Point number one. Two, it needs to be told, or at least at the very first, need to be acknowledged that you are worthy, that you do have a story, and that the story does matter. Three, yes. there are people out there that certainly will be inspired when you share your story. And I think it's important to reflect back. If this is the case, then your story does matter. When was the last time you took this time? And this could be a great time to, if you can, pause this interview, sit down and write it out. Or mm-hmm. come back and listen to it again, put a mental note there and come back and do this again so that you mm-hmm. can become conscious of the story of your life or at least one aspect of your life. This mm-hmm. happened. Who am I because of it? What is my belief in regards to it? What does the belief need to be for me to be empowered by it? You're not a victim. You're a victor, right? And how can I, if I wanted to, use this story to transform the lives of of others, or maybe even share it to inspire people. Who knows? And it just reminds me, Tayo, when I look at the 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 work, the the book Talk Like TED, when they yes. analyze all these different, you know, TED Talk speakers across the world, the longest standing ovation in the history of TED Talks when that book book was written had the absolute majority of the entire presentation being storytelling. Yes. So this goes very very far, you know. And I think a story bypasses time and space as well. If we want to go a bit quantum, because it truly gets people into the moment. Like no one's looking at the clock when you're watching a movie. You're in the movie. So. Yes. This is powerful. What about the movie of your life? What's the story that you would like to start with? Or if you've mm-hmm. done a lot of work on this before, what's the next evolution of your exactly. story? Exactly. Don't see yourself as just an actor in your life. See yourself as the director, the cinematographer, right? And the producer. Because if you're looking at it from the producer and the cinematographer, you're painting the scenes, you're directing the steps, and you're deciding where, what goes and how the message is going there. But if you see yourself as just an actor, you you start to think of it as a passive, right? Mm-hmm. Anything, any no experience is wasted. I don't believe any lived experience is wasted. Even if your story is you find that it's it's one of deep shame, right? You have to be able to communicate why you feel the shame and how that shame happens. You might not get it on the first, second try, but the attitude of practicing, you know, I feel shameful today. I don't know why I'm not happy. And I noticed that I I felt this when I did this, I don't like the way you're going to find as you start doing that and really sitting with those, those powerful emotions, you start finding yourself inside of that, right? You don't surrender to whatever that adjective is, you become an investigator into why you are like that, and then you then you find your power. You become the victor, like you say, and so it's very important on that lens. It's beautiful. I love this. You're not just the the, the main actor, but the storyteller, the writer, the director, the everything, everything. yeah, everything. Yeah. You know, this is great. I thought about this the other day, actually, and this is a good reminder now coming into 2024. I think this is so powerful. And I'm actually going to do this because you just reminded me, brother. Thank you very much. I'm going to take the time in the next few weeks to sit down and write out the dream storyline of my life. This is it. This is, you know, you know, technically, if you think about it, we're going to look at this like from this. Uh, technically, this is what people try to do every time with the New Year goals, right? New Year, and it, you know, the uh, stats to show it doesn't always work, but they're looking uh, at it from, a, they're looking at it from this, like, do this by this. And you should, I always, I believe in goals, like short term, but you know what? They're not doing, they're not really feeling and seeing themselves from the dream perspective. You know, who am I going to be when I do this? How am I going to, who am I on the journey? 
Who am I in the end point? Who am I in the beginning? And a lot of times, because they haven't thought of themselves in the beginning, once they come across that day, they miss the gym for two days in a row. They're like, ugh, it's done. And they don't go back to the gym until, until into that. But but if they thought of themselves in the, the, the hero's journey, like this was my nemesis. I found my guide back. And it was, I don't know, it was McDonald's. It was this. And this is how I get back up and dig back out of that, that addiction to sugar. Right? You see what I'm saying? You, you go from here. I had a brief, you know, nemesis in you know, you know, monetary, you know, regard here. So no income was coming here. So I detour. You know, that's how you have to see it. You have to engage your senses. You have those senses for a reason, you know, and you have to feel them. And see that. So I think that's great that you're doing that. Yeah, I'm excited. That just that just lit me up. Imagine being <laughs> on how to how to write the story of your life rather than, you know, Henry David Thoreau said this as well. Not just the unexamined life is not worth living, but most people live lives of quiet desperation because they haven't actually taken the time to design what they want to experience. And we are the creators of our lives, right? So what a story that could be. Let's take that time. I've got one last question for you, brother, right off the cuff. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, it goes like this. I want you now to imagine, okay? Tyra, you are, you're on the world stage. There's billions of people. They're all watching and listening. They're all tuning in. They're fully present to hear your message. Take your time. Take a breath. Whenever you're ready, please share. What is your message to the world right now? Oh, gosh. What a stage. Wow. You know, my message to the world is the person you look at in the mirror deserves the best of you every day, right? And so even if you felt like you have never been kind to yourself or you're not where you're supposed to be, there's always a starting point that you deserve to give yourself today. And so I want you to examine whatever that starting point is today. Is it forgiving yourself? If so, please forgive yourself. Is it forgiving someone else? If so, forgive someone else. Is it taking that course or taking a risk that you have thought that you were never good enough for? Well, let me help you out. You're good enough to take that risk. What is the worst that could happen? You get a no, but at least you have an answer. And that no can either be a not yet or a piece of information that you can use to detour to your next yes. There's no guarantee that you're going to get yes whenever you go after what you want, but you're never going to get yes if you don't go after what you want. And so I want to remind you, the first step is the most important step. All the other steps follow suit. So look in the mirror and ask yourself what that first step is and then take that first step. Thank you very much. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> ah, yes. Yes. Yes, yes. I love that. Bringing it straight home to self, straight home to the mirror. Literally, I want uh, people to do this. Go in the mirror and actually ask these questions. I think this is really powerful. Brother, thank yeah. you for your time. Where do our uh, listeners and viewers go to find out more about the work that you do? Websites, socials, tell us about it. Thank you so much. First of all, this has been a great. You sparked a lot of things for me too. You gave me life as well. Yeah, I, I, I was reminding myself of things that I should be doing. So Tyroxin, and if you type in Tyroxin, so it's T-A-Y-O, R-O-C-K-S-O-N. So Tyroxin on you know Instagram, TikTok, Tyroxin.com. I have a podcast. It's called As Told by Nomads. And my book is called Use Your Difference to Make a Difference. Oh, I love this. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. It's I love when I see a person that is an absolute intellect 
that but is an integrated intellect in the essence of infused with grace. You use the word oh. grace and love and consciousness many times, and I think this is really important. We need more people like you in the world, bro. So thanks so much for your time. Uh, go and check out the website, and uh, can't wait to reconnect again soon, man. God bless. I'm looking forward to it, and God bless to you as well. All right. See you soon. Bye. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more about how to walk the quantum path into life mastery, business mastery, uh, if you want to learn more about our live events or coaching or anything that we offer, go to www.drespen.com. That's D-R-E-S-P-E-N.com or email info at drespen.com. And let's find out how we can help you take your life, your business and your mission to a whole nother level. We'll see you next time.